We're in a battle for America's soul. Liberty is at risk. It's time to speak up. Welcome to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot, Brooke says. For years, Brooke's been behind the scenes, helping conservative leaders articulate a vision for a better America. Now, she's front and center, and the mic is hot. Here is your host, Brooke says. Hello, hello. Welcome to Brooke Talks America, where we discuss politics and culture from a conservative perspective. I am your host, Brooke says, conservative patriot, proud, deplorable, and columnist. You can read my articles on AmericaOutloud.com. That's who I write for. Also, they're on my website, of course, BrookeTalksAmerica.com. Make sure you connect with me. I'm on Twitter. You can go to the website and find all of them, Twitter, Facebook, uh, email. And if you'd like to partner with the show and be a sponsor with us, glad to have you. Give me a Send me an email or DM me on Twitter, Facebook, whatever you want to do. I'm here with my co-host, Colonel Jim Warshuk, who is the former Deputy Director for Intelligence at U.S. Central Command. He also served on the White House National Security Council and is currently the Hillsborough County GOP Chairman. So as you know, from Hot Topics to History, you can be sure if it's happening in America, I will be talking about it. Also, the podcast, you can listen to them on AM860, The Answer, I am on Captain's America Third Watch every week at 5.30 a.m. on this station, Colonel Jim, on Tuesdays. Colonel Jim is also on Captain's Matt's show every Wednesday at 5 a.m. We are ambushing the airways with conservative thought. Um, my article this week is it's kind of a holdover from last week's subject on uh, Joe Biden's You Ain't Black Exposes White Liberal Racism, which I ex- you know, discussed on the show with Ron Edwards. It's pretty disgusting comments. I hope that it will hurt the Democrats and hurt Biden and wake people up because that's how Democrats really think. They take the black folks for granted and it's absolutely disgusting. Uh, remember, reminder, as I mentioned, all throughout the month of May that I'd be featuring one small business and one restaurant each week uh, that were directly affected by the involuntarily involuntary shutdown to support them and support the economy as we reopen. Neither of these two businesses I know that I'm mentioning them, but do be sure to tell them uh, that you heard about them on Brook Talks America. The first is a black-owned business. It's a restaurant named 7th and Grove in Ybor City. After noticing Tampa's lack of southern food options, Dr. Vondalyn Crawford, Dr. Jamaris Glenn, and Kalila McDuffie opened the restaurant 7th and Grove, which serves Louisiana, Georgia, and Carolina Carolina based bites like collard greens, cigarillos, pimento cheese fritters, and shrimp and grits, so give them a check out. Uh, the second business is a veteran-owned specialty coffee roaster in Tampa, Florida, where from their website they serve uh, everywhere online, named Deep Sky Coffee. They expertly roast the finest coffee beans in the world and, very importantly and wonderfully, donate 5% of every purchase towards PTSD research and dark sky awareness. And speaking of veterans... A wonderful one. I have a special guest this week, Chaplain Linda Pugsley. She volunteered for two tours as an evac, uh, air evac flight nurse in Vietnam from six, during 68 and 69, and then again in 72. Uh, I first heard her speak at a Vietnam veterans event in Veterans Park in Tampa, where she was... Um, she was talking about the the painful truths about the experiences of the men and women who had served in Vietnam, uh, who had been through so much in that country, some of them who had been drafted, by the way, of course, and then were smeared by the media and treated so horrifically when they came back here. Uh, you know, this was the country that sent them there. But what struck me about her and what has struck me about so many of the Vietnam veterans I've met who really you know, this is a category they do a lot of service for others, is that even though America treated them so badly, when they returned, they still love their country. Uh, I wasn't even born in v- when Vietnam started, and I feel more angry about it than some of the people that I know who have been there. It was it was really a fascinating thing. You know, she wasn't angry either. She offered these veterans so much encouragement and love and healing. And, you know, it was almost like you could just, it was like a big hug to everybody. And um, she, you know, she acknowledged that terrible reality of veteran suicide. Her words were very comforting and they knew that she could understand what what they had been through. The other time I heard her speak was at a, also at a veterans event at the park. She was tearing it up. 
Okay, she was not being politically correct. I almost thought to myself, oh, my God, I hope they invite her back because she was telling some very brutal truths about the subversion that's happening in and to this country. Uh, And that's another, you know, these are two reasons I wanted to have her on. Before we had this planned demic, as I call it, uh, we had a lot of problems in America. But certainly with a two-month shutdown, there are going to be a lot of very devastating unintended consequences, or maybe intended, that's the problem, uh, that have happened. So she's going to offer some insight from her experiences, both as a veteran in the turbulent era of Vietnam and how it relates to today, and as a conservative Christian and chaplain. So, Chaplain Pugsley, welcome and thanks for coming on. Well, uh, thank you, uh, Brooke, for reminding me that you weren't born when I went to Vietnam. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, yeah. But I, uh, I do, <clears throat> excuse me, love this country deeply. I think it's because I have been around long enough to see such a massive sea change, and that's why I speak so passionately, especially to our young people who are our next generation of moms and dads and leaders in every facet of our society: in medicine, military, engineering, construction, everything, and. It's the moral code that has eroded, not capitalism or the free market system. That is, we have an awesome system. It's the bribery, lies, and corruption that are rusting it out, that are are, are getting rid of the, the pillars that we have built this country on. And I have, about for about 20 years, I have been speaking in the high schools in what's called, Hillsborough County has, uh, it's called the um, History of Vietnam class. That's changed to wars of uh, world wars or something, you know, the 20, 20th century, whatever. But uh, I have been able to go in and talk to them. You see, they don't understand things have changed. They're only 15 or 16 years old. They have only right. seen the crap that's out there in their videos, their music, their language, their sense of family, community. All of this has eroded and is broken and is lower level without a, a moral code. Our founding fathers said this type of government, which entails individual freedom, is a dangerous type of government. It is meant only for a highly moral people, because if you don't, freedom will soon turn into a free-for-all. And I'm living to see this, and I don't want it to continue, which is why I encourage people. I'm not talking about being a religious nut. I'm talking about a moral code. Now, I always like to remind people that in the 1940s, high school seniors, uh, their behavior that required intervention was something like this. 1940s, talking out of turn, chewing gum, making noise, running in the halls, cutting in line, dress code violations, which usually meant they didn't wear their tie, and littering. Now, you fast forward just 50 years to 1990. And in the high school, the high school seniors that required intervention, listen to this, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, pregnancy, suicide, rape, robbery, and assault. Now, you, I'm not telling you to believe what I believe or think what I think. I'm just telling you, unless you have a comparative analysis, you're never going to know how it's changed. We did not have this growing up. Look what so, is going so what has on changed, in our right? high school. Oh, what has changed? We'll get into that in just a minute. Yeah. But all of those things, now you add to that today, disrespect for teachers. You never did that growing up in my generation. You didn't want your parents to know that you did something in school because you'd have got a worse punishment when you got home. Bullying. They are rapidly disintegrating into some sort of crazy situation where there's, there's cults and, and uh, gangs, etc. Sexual harassment. If I hear another story about a teacher having sex with a student, this is absolutely ridiculous. Gang activity. All of these extreme activities. We now have sex, alcohol, and drugs in middle school. My heart aches, and these kids don't know it because that's all they've ever had. My heart aches when I see police cars parked outside of our schools. Unbelievable. Now, 
when I went to Vietnam, it was a little different situation. We had people truly that loved our country. I was a trained nurse in trauma injuries, and I came from a family that served. My grandfather was World War I, my dad World War II, my brother and I in Vietnam at the same time, and I had three nephews that served in Fallujah uh, way back in 2005 uh, when things were kind of hot over there. I was young and ready to save the world, but my generation was fighting communism, and it was taking over the world, and it was controlling things. It was taking away the power from the individual and putting it with the top few. So we had a mission. We knew what we were doing. Some of our young kids today have no idea what's going on. They have no idea. They're not resilient, and I wanted to talk about that. They're not resilient. The simplest little things throw them into a tizzy. If they don't have their kind of cereal in the aisle, they go nuts, you know? We have college students. This amazed me to no end. College students, they had to have puppy therapy, coloring rooms, safe spaces, because someone didn't get elected that they wanted? What? The only safe space our guys in Vietnam had was a foxhole or a bunker. I mean, the comparison is unbelievable. And when I speak in the high schools, they go, whoa, yeah. They don't realize our society has changed. This erosion didn't happen overnight. It's happened over a number of generations. You have a liberal mindset, which is anybody can do anything, anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. I don't want to. I want to. We're we're heading to a break. I want to hold that thought right there because I want to start right there. That's an awesome place. And it's unbelievable how you're showing the difference. Um, You are listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim and Chaplain Pugsley. We are on AM860, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. And we will be right back. More Brooke Talks America coming up. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Check out the blog at AmericaOutloud.com. Here's Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. Uh, We are talking with Chaplain Linda Pugsley, and she was on a roll, so we're just going to let her have back at it. Go ahead, Linda. Sure thing. We were talking about uh, some of our young people. Not all, no. I'm just seeing increasing numbers. That's why it just kind of concerns me. And some of our college kids, uh, you know, they, they can't handle adversity. They can't handle something that doesn't work their way. Now, that is not a good foundation upon which to build and, and, and help your country. So uh, I'm, I'm going to do a, a, a blatant uh, advertisement here, but I wrote a book uh, a couple of years ago, DMR5, The Next Generation. It's available, you know, Amazon Books. The books and Barnes and Noble, etc. Send, send the link to me, but, and I'll put it up. And I just want to—I just want to interject here. The teachers are telling that are are training the students to be the snowflakes. It's coming from the yeah. teachers themselves. So go ahead. It is. It is. If you're offended, the whole world has to stop. Is the attitude? This is ridiculous. How are you going to ever have a debate? How are you ever going to have opposing ideas? I mean, right now, for crying out loud, we have. The World Health Organization saying only wear a mask if you're working with COVID-19 patients. And then we have our own CDC say, no, you got to have a mask all over. I mean, it's just like you're going to have opposing views. And the only way to get to what is the best and highest level of truth is to continue to go through all of these debates. But if you shut off the debate from one side and only hear one thing, this is the end result. You're, go- you're, gonna be- you're not going to be able to make the right decision. You're going to be sheeple. You're going to be led around by the nose and not realize it. And that's what I don't want. So in this book, DMR5 Next Generation, I talk about five things that you can do. One is integrity. We're losing that. The other is sexual purity, which is a new message to these kids. Sobriety, service before self, and excellence in all you do. I mean, it doesn't make any difference what your, your, your background is. Those five things you can do. So when I, when I challenge the kids, I say... We ha- you're always going to have an ism uh, to fight. 
But way back in, you know, barbarism, the Vikings came in and got the, the, the village. My dad's generation fought Nazism. My generation fought communism. And I, I, say, I asked one time in a class, what is, what is your generation fighting? And one girl raised her hand and said, capitalism. Now, that made me very nervous. They don't understand that terrorism is around us. We have a worldwide system. We have worldwide access now. And we have worldwide systems that can cause the destruction of a nation. We need to be on guard. We need to be strong. And we need to be resilient. And if they're thinking that our system of production is the enemy, we're going to be doomed. Now, they always say the first casualty of war is the truth. And that is really true. It's hard to find the truth anymore. I mean, way back uh, at the beginning of Iraq and Afghanistan, people were screaming, usually from a liberal mindset. I'm not coming against it. I'm just seeing it. A liberal mindset tends to loosen everything. It doesn't give you power and strength and independence. It has everybody just sitting around with one person telling them what to do. But the truth was not coming out. And people were saying babies are starving because so much money is being spent in Iraq and Afghanistan. Well, I went back and looked up some things. And for World War II, we had 130% of our GDP. It cost us to fight that. It was like 2% of the GDP for Iraq and Afghanistan. So you see, if our kids aren't told the truth, they're never going to know it. And truth is where you find it. You know, uh, what? Today no. you hear the term, your truth. I, uh, that is so dangerous. Your truth doesn't make it true. Now, listen, you know, a long time ago, a whole bunch of very intelligent people, scientists, engineers, believed with all their heart that the world was flat. But it didn't make it true. Comparative analysis and critical thinking is what's so important. Right now we're dealing with a virus. It's a pandemic. I understand its seriousness. As a nurse, I understand it's a little bit more serious in terms of its response to the lung and the respiratory system. But there is worldwide, and I've done the numbers, go do it yourself. Worldwide, Florida, uh, U.S.-wide, countrywide, the death rate is one-half of 1%. That is the death rate. Just the other day in Florida, it was 2,222. I remember that because it was all twos. And I forget how many had the virus. It still is a half percent, only it went down to four-tenths of a percent instead of half percent. And yet people are being told, the numbers, look at the numbers, 100,000 habits, stay in your house, we're going to control everything. What? That, if it's a half percent survival rate, people, that means it's a 99, I mean, death rate, that means there's a 99% survival rate from this thing. Advertise that. If the information right. you get is controlled information then that's not free speech. So many times it's what you don't hear that is controlling too. And we have to be resilient these days. We need a strong foundation. In the Air Force and in the Air Force Auxiliary, they teach what's called the five pillars of wellness and resilience. And they talk about the five pillars. If you're strong in all of these areas, not weak and I don't know and whatever, then your ability to continue to work, continue to thrive, continue to, to build up a wonderful country, if you're strong in these things, that's what counts. Mind, body, relationships, spirit, and family. Now, I see a lot of our culture trying to break them down. How people are thinking in the mind, my gosh, the learning, the adaptability, decision-making, it's all being watered down. The body. We have an overweight society. People can't even get in the military. Kids that are 12 years old have hypertension and diabetes. And people don't understand rest and nutrition. And, and, and relationships, oh, my gosh. It, we never had such a confused society. When I was growing up, everyone who knew who they were, they had a mission, where they were heading. Oh, my gosh, the social support system is just being annihilated. And spirit, that's your values, your perspective, your purpose. It's all being, it's whatever you think. That's like playing a football game without a, without a foul line, without a playbook. You step over the foul line, you go, oh, that's not a foul to me. There'd be chaos on that field, and yet we're asking our young people to play the game of life, the most important game, without a foul line, without an umpire, without a playbook. It's ridiculous. And then family, that's where you get your identity, your affection, your, your legacy, your, your priorities. And that is being decimated. A family is anything you want it to be. 
oh my gosh, and you wonder why the suicide rate with kids is high. You wonder why there's all of these anger issues, rape and and drinking and drugs. These poor kids, they're trying to drown their sorrows. They're trying to anesthetize themselves. We're supposed to be producing a society that is a nest for them to grow and thrive. So we need to make some huge changes. And the only way we're going to make that is for those who understand things is to stand up. So many times the left is so powerful and strong. You just watch television. You watch a news program. The left keeps on talking. They don't even let anybody else talk, even when someone says, just wait a minute, wait a minute. They go on and on and on. Just demeaning people, giving generalities. We need critical thinking, comparative analysis, independent research. We need people to be actively involved in our community and maintain the highest moral excellence. This is an awesome country. It is worth every bit of our effort. And because people have just shut their mouths, I, I make a comment, just a general comment, like, you know, hey, what, uh, why, don't we, why don't we concern ourselves with the, um, with the uh, recovery rate of 99.5% for this virus instead of looking at the half percent death rate? And then I get annihilated on there. You know, I mean, people say, oh, you, you, you're nothing but a fascist. You want everyone to die. And I'm going, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> but I'm not going to stop, and neither are you, Brooke. Uh, Our only hope for change is our young people. And if we don't reach them and and we don't do that, and we we still, I I tell the, when I speak to the veterans, they're a little bit older, some of them, you know, and the the grandparents and stuff. I said, your job isn't over. You still got to give this information to your grandkids. You still have to be active in the community. Come on. We have so many things that are working with the youth and other people. Uh, we, We still can continue with it. And I am going to beat this drum about this being an awesome nation. People say, oh, consider your nation. Look, there's always going to be someone who's the king of the hill. Uh, That's in a football game. There's always going to be someone number one in baseball. There's going to be somebody number one in science, the Nobel Peace Prize, et cetera, et cetera. Who do you want running this world? I would rather have us with the moral code that we have where we have not. We've had nuclear weapons for over 70 years. We haven't blown anybody off the planet yet except to end World War II. I mean, other countries, they haven't even got all the parts yet, and they're already saying who they're going to blow up. I would rather have us with our moral code. I'm still dealing with Vietnam veterans for crying out loud that are crying because they had to shoot someone. Well, I would rather have come from a country where it's culture, where its biggest warriors are still mourning over uh, having to kill someone, than to come from a culture that that guts children in front of their parents and cuts off their heads. You know, I'm just saying, who do you want running the world? I would rather have our country as fractured as it can be sometimes. We always keep going for the best. That's what we need. This stuff of, if I hear one more thing about pay and, you know, inequity, you know, well, the guy that works 80 hours a week is always going to make more money than the guy that works 40. Come on, cut me a break. This income inequality. I don't care if the big guy makes billions, but we need to teach them when they're young. If you get to be a billionaire, you build a daycare center at your shop. You pay your workers 50 bucks an hour. You give them a medical and dental program, not the government. When the government does it, it's inefficient. It is, when everything is centralized, it is too open to grafting corruption. It is one area. It does need to be broken up, which is some of the best part of our country. We have a federal government, but it's called marble cake federalism, if anyone cares to study anything about our country where we have governors that are uh, here and then mayors uh, of local cities. And it, it, it's, it's supposed, if you have moral excellence, that's all going to be built up. But if you have a central control, you're going to have, it's going to, the middle class is going to be erased, and all you'll have is the elites at the top with the steak and gas and the peasants at the bottom begging for bread. It never fails. When you remove the freedom from people to build their society, construct their homes, get their families, do, go where they need to go. When they lose the freedom for that decision, the government will be deciding what you do. It will go down. You'll be in a, a cold water, walk up flat, and have no decision. It's still going on in Russia today. Oh, my gosh. And these kids yeah. are being sold a bill of goods. They're being lied to. They've not been told the truth. And we, excuse me, we have the responsibility of bringing that truth to them in every venue that we can, Brooke. Every venue yes. that we come. Well, I wish we could go on for another hour because you are literally on fire. I think that the airwaves are probably 
on Fuego right now. Um, and I really, really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing that wisdom. And I'm going to have you back for sure. Send me the link for your book, and I will put that on the Facebook page and any contact information if anybody wants to have you come speak for their organization or for their group or anything like that. Um, and, you know, the message is clear, is that it's a choice between freedom and tyranny that's what we have facing this country in the election and really every single day you know freedom is not given to us we must continue to fight for it and um you know i just want to thank you so much again and thank you for what you're doing to spread the message yes ma'am god bless you all right have a good one god bless yep and you are listening to brook talks america I'm your host, Brooke Says, with Colonel Jim, and again, our guest, Chaplain Linda Pugsley. You're listening to us on AM860, The Answer, and we will be right back. More Brooke Talks America, coming up. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect on Twitter at Brooke underscore says one. Here's Brooke Says. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm here with my, I'm your host, Brooke Says, and I'm here with my co-host, Colonel Jim. And remember to check out, you know, connect on Twitter, Facebook, email, read the articles and everything. Um... Before I get into the rest of the show, I just want to comment on the horrible George Floyd killing. Uh, I'm beyond disgusted. I don't understand and heartbroken. It doesn't make sense. They have, they say they have evidence that he, you know, that it was justified or some kind of way. I think that's ridiculous and everybody can see the video. Uh, I'm going to be working on an off air podcast about that and I'll put it on the Facebook and let everybody know. They're going to have a discussion about some of these things. Um, you know, this, the, with the Democrat political opportunism that they always do during these times. And of course, Sharpton is in, is in Minneapolis, which always happens, right? I pray for justice in every and all case. It doesn't matter what it is. Justice should prevail. In this case, in the Flynn case, in the Michael Brown case, in the Tamir Rice case, in any kind of case that happens in this country, justice should be served, okay? I want to ask everybody to pray in the meantime for the the family of George Floyd, for the innocent citizens of Minneapolis who are caught up in this terrible situation. Please pray for them. What's happening right now is unacceptable. Uh, Many innocent, hardworking people in Minneapolis, including black people who have businesses – are having their businesses destroyed right now by looters and rioters. They don't deserve that. That doesn't honor the family, uh, the the you know the life of George Floyd and his family has con- has called out against that. Right? It doesn't help the cause in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it turns out these officers, particularly Joy. F- uh, George Floyd's killer had multiple violations, which means the preening from the idiot mayor, uh, Frey, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, is a joke. Okay, this is a liberal state and a liberal city. Why are these cops even still on the job? That's your responsibility. Uh, and it appears that Amy Klobuchar had an opportunity to prosecute two of the officers. Why didn't she, right, including the killer, when she was attorney for the county where Floyd was killed? So obviously she will – there's no way that Biden picks her now. Um, do, Democrats – here's the deal about Democrats. Okay, Democrats are like a thief who steal your wallet, help you look for it, and then give themselves credit for finding it. That's what they do, and that's what they will be doing here in this situation. So many of these situations happen in very liberal counties. That's a fact – I don't want to politicize it. It's going to be politicized. It actually already has. They're trying to blame Trump in some kind of way. Has nothing to do with it. But I want to remind everybody, okay, what's happening right now is that all there are, this is what happens in every one of these situations. In the first day, the community, if it's in a black neighborhood, 
the black people that are in that neighborhood come out, they, they protest, usually peacefully, and then you have some people that are doing bad stuff. And then the white liberals come in. That's what happens every single time. It's happening now. The white liberals on this in the second day show up. They're alerted. They're planned. They're paid protesters, anarchists, fascists. They're not anti-fascists. They are fascists. They come in. They cause all kind of problems. Okay, and that's what's happening now. And by the way, on Twitter. You have all these white liberals that some of them are blue checked, which I don't know where, you know, the fact checkers are on this. They say, burn it down, F property. Okay, I just hope that the people that live in these these communities where these white liberals show up and on social media who've had your business burned down, see that this is what's happening. They don't really care about you at all. They have an agenda and that's what they're operating on. So, you know, Sharpton is there. We'll see what happens. Very sad. This needs to stop. Those cops need to go to be in jail right now and then whatever you know the process is that happens uh anyways you know that's going to be an ongoing thing and we'll, we'll talk about it but and the democrats double standards never stop of course so uh, there, here are a couple of additions for our good for me but not for the list for the coronavirus madness nevada governor was busted without a mask this is just the latest remember nanny castor here in tampa giving blood with no mask. Uh, he was at a local Walgreens after telling residents to wear face coverings and maintain social distancing. No mask for him, but a mask for everybody else. Uh, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmau, you know why I call him that, call her that, right? Whitmau, for cha- she is Chairman Mao, um, in a dress. Her husband exploited her, her position to urge a dock company to put his boat in the water before Memorial Day weekend, despite strict coronavirus. Uh, coronavirus guidelines. Remember, you can't go to your your own second house in Michigan. A lot of people have a second home in northern Michigan, but she went to hers. So she said he was joking. She tried to, you know, cover up for it, which he wasn't. He was just being a typical Democrat. Good for thee, good for me, and not for thee. This is how it works with them. Um, in a sort of diversion here, but this is a very important uh, issue and it's not going to really get any attention. But Planned Parenthood's admit, officials admit under oath, okay, to selling aborted baby body parts. A uh, new video from the Center for Medical Progress, you remember they were the original ones to cover the Planned Parenthood undercover videos, found that the not they they had said that they don, uh, donated them, but they actually were compensated. And by the way, if you knew how much money it was, it's astonishing that's why they want them late term the 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 longer the older the parts are the more they get look it up it's disgusting okay and this is what democrats selling body bobby body bobby body parts is illegal okay and they're doing it and we give them over half a billion dollars every year so you know we're going to be judged for this but this is what democrats support Okay, they support Planned Parenthood, they advocate for it, and this is what you're getting. Um, On a kind of a a different note, remember when Trump said he was taking hydroxychloroquine and the left lost their minds? Well, a lot of the world leaders are doing it, of course. The president of El Salvador, Nayib Bukele, I hope I said this right, has announced that he is taking chloroquine. Uh, hydroxychloroquine as a preventive measure against the coronavirus. And he said that most leaders are doing the same. He said, I use it as a prophylaxis. President Trump uses it as a prophylaxis. And most of the world's leaders also use it as a prophylaxis. So we'll see what they say about him. Um, and speaking of our marvelous president, who makes liberals' heads expose, uh, explode, and I love it, President Trump is in a war with Twitter now because they've fact-checked his Twitter page about uh, post that he made about mail-in ballots. The hilarious part about this is that Twitter has now had to remove the fact check from President Trump's tweet after it was revealed to be what? Fake news. Yes. After fact-checking President Trump's tweets with their liberal garbage, I think it's from the Washington Post and CNN, yeah, because they really should be fact-checking anybody, uh, they reported Twitter On their reporting, Twitter had to later remove the fact check because it was fake news. They had their facts wrong. Seriously, how delicious is it? They they should not go up against Trump, okay? Trump trumps them every time. You can't stomp the Trump. Okay, also from the president, 
Uh, he threatens to move the RNC convention out of North Carolina if the Democrat governor won't let them fill the arena. I don't understand why they chose Charlotte in the first place, but obviously they had a reason. So he, Trump tweeted on Monday that the Republican National Convention will move out of North Carolina if the Democrat governor doesn't allow the Republican Party to, quote, fully occupy the space. He said, I love the great state of North Carolina so much so that I insisted on having the Republican National Convention in Charlotte at the end of August. Unfortunately, Democrat Governor Roy Cooper is still in shutdown mood and unable to guarantee that by August we will still be uh, we will be allowed full attendance in the arena. In other words, we would be spending millions, millions, multi-millions of dollars building the arena to a very high standard without even knowing if the Democrat governor would allow the Republican Party to fully occupy the space. I, they have been talking about uh, bringing it to Tampa, and I wish they would, but Nanny Castor would probably do the same thing or worse. She's trying to destroy Tampa, uh, just like all the other Democrats are trying to destroy their cities. Plus, she and Comrade Kreisman have already said no. By the way, they lost Tampa has lost two months of season in Florida, which is absolutely crucial for most businesses in tourist season. So... Wouldn't it be great if we got those millions of dollars, and they already probably have a lot of infrastructure from 2012, but they're not going to do it. Um, so wouldn't it be great if the liberal businesses in in uh, in Tampa and St. Pete actually went to them and said, yes, we want that business? So we'll see what happens about that. Um, I want to let Jim – open this he's going to be talking about you know we we didn't get to it last time but we're going to be talking about the hillsborough gop and what they're doing but also um give us the up-to-date on what's happening with the flint case very quickly though a little mentioned factoid that uh the ever shrieking ever shrieking russia 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 media will never admit it actually came out that the ceo of crowdstrike knew two years ago that russia had not hacked the DNC server. It's some kind of thing about the um, amount of bandwidth. So that makes me wonder if maybe they know something about Seth Rich. Seriously, because it was it was question as to whether Seth Rich was actually the leaker and sent the information to WikiLeaks. And then, of course, he was murdered and his wallet wasn't stolen. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm not making any accusations. I'm just saying it's very interesting. Okay, and what about Amran Awan and his computer? God, I pray that Trump and his people have that computer, right? Anyways, so Jim, why don't you open up on that? There are a couple of quotes, uh, audio clips before we get started on that, and we're probably going to have to start after the break. But here are a couple of quotes of Nadler and Debbie Blabbermouth Schultz, as Rush hilariously calls her, and I'm stealing it because it's too good. And please pray for Rush because we love him. Talking about paper ballots, and then Jim will get into that after the uh, break. So uh, let's have these clips. Good point, and I yield to Mr. Nadler. Thank you. I just, uh, it's a very tempting point. I just, as a very experienced, practical politician from New York, I feel constrained to observe that in my experience in New York, uh, paper ballots are extremely susceptible to fraud. And at least with the old clunky voting machines that we have in New York, um, the, the de- deliberate fraud is way down uh, compared to paper. When, they, when the machines break down, they vote on paper. We've had real problems. So that's a, that is, there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. I'm simply observing that as a problem. There's got to be a way of getting the best of our methodologies. But in fact, the MIT studies have shown that hand-counted paper ballots are among the most reliable. And at least if if there's a miscount, you can discover it. You can't discover miscounts with these uh, machines. Maybe optical scan with paper. I I want a paper trail. I want paper somewhere. But pure paper with no machines, uh, I can show you you experience which... uh, Make your head spin. Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz argues a mail-in ballot has wrong written all over it. It'd be a risky experiment for us with an election that has stakes as high as a presidential election does. We've never done a mail-in ballot statewide. Wasserman Schultz is worried about signature fraud, disenfranchising college students, getting addresses wrong, and having private donors instead of states footing the bill. She favors seating the delegates already chosen. There's a way to solve this without totally redoing this and causing more chaos. You're absolutely right. And 
You are listening to Brooke Talks America. I am your host, Brooke Says, with Colonel Jim, and we will be right back. And by the way, you're listening to us on AM860, The Answer. So we will be right back, and Jim will talk about all of this and more. More Brooke Talks America, coming up. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect on Twitter at Brooke underscore says one. Here's Brooke says. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim. And as I mentioned, what we're go- we, you know, we missed it last time. We want to um, talk about the upcoming election, voter fraud, mail, mail ballots and everything. And I just want to say one question we get more often than anything else in Hillsborough is who's running against Kathy Castor. That is the primary question, the biggest question. And great news, there are two candidates running against her. There's also a great candidate running against the Soros-funded state attorney, Andrew Warren, in Hillsborough. And Jim Jim is going to be talking about all this. Very quickly, a note to Republicans, don't be afraid of the media. Okay, if you are, you're in the wrong business and the potential wrong occupation. Know that you're about to be, know what you're about, be willing to defend it. Just assume they hate you, which they do, any principled conservative, and go about your business. So with that, Jim, as the chairman of the Hillsborough County Republican Party, have at it. Okay, um, good point about the upcoming races in Hillsborough County for 2020. We are still in the qualifying season. Not every race has been qualified. This breaks out all the way through about June 12th at noontime when all our candidates or anybody running will have to be qualified. So um, you have to be a little bit patient, but let's start out with the the lead races. And and I'm going to hit just about the top you know, top tier of the races that we're focusing on now because we don't have candidates in all the other races yet. I know two two candidates that I spoke to this week are going to probably qualify next week, and then we have a few more. So um, we've got about 33 races um, countywide. Uh, on the top of that list, of course, is our great president, Donald Trump. So if you're in Hillsborough County, you need to vote for Donald Trump. I don't care if you are a Democrat or a non uh, political affiliated, uh, independent. You got to vote for Donald Trump. We need him bad to correct what's been going on, as as Brooke has talked about so much today, as and in our other shows. So, next up is are our congressional races, and we have four congressional races in Hillsborough County. Most people don't realize that. Um, we have Congressional District 12. Gus Bilirakis is running pretty much unopposed that we know right now. And Congressional District 16 in the southern part of the county is um, Vern Buchanan, who will probably be running in his last race, and then he'll retire in 2022. The other uh, race, we have two... We have a a little bit of a contentious race in Congressional District 15, which is in the eastern part of the county. Uh, Congressman incumbent Ross Spano, great American, has picked up a challenger in the Republican side against Scott Franklin. So that's going to go into a primary race, which will be decided in August. And as Brooke mentioned, the big race is what do we do about Democrat far left Kathy Castor, the fair-haired uh, woman of, of of Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton and Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who have been backing her for so many years. Uh, once again, we have Christine Quinn, who ran in 2016 against her. She's got a, a bigger, better, stronger campaign, and she picked up 38 percent of the vote in 2016, and I think she's going to do better. I think she could be a potential threat. We also have... Um, Paul Elliott, a former judge who has decided to get into the race, um, he has um, a little bit of re- name recognition, and he's on the ballot, so both him and Christine will go into a primary. Um, that will be obviously in August. Um, State attorney, I see this as the most crucial race because it affects everything. It affects crime in Hillsborough, as in any other county in the, in the state, it affects whether people who are charged with, as Brooke talked about earlier, voter fraud, whether they actually uh, 
get charged or whether it's ignored. And we have a guy who's the incumbent, a Democrat, Andrew Warren, who was a George Soros-funded candidate in 2016. He's horrendous. He's got to go. He has created so many problems with our judicial system and justice. Again, as Brooke talks about all the time, the reason there's injustice is because people like him, they don't do their job. They turn their eye to to many crimes solely for the purpose of having crime continue and to cause problems uh, in our community. So we've got to get rid of Andrew Warren. We have Mike Perotti, who is a lawyer, who is a phenomenal lawyer, uh, spent a lot of time working with him. Uh, we need him in there to take out Andrew Warren. Then our, and, and that is what we call a constitutional race. And we have uh, other constitutional positions. We have a race with uh, the sheriff. Right now we have incumbent uh, sheriff, Chad Cronister, who is a Republican. And we have um, uh, a, no- a number of Democrats. Uh, we have two Democrats running in that race. So it's going to be interesting uh, to see how that plays out. And, um, and he has a challenger, have, right? Conister has a challenger? Has a, cha- a Republican uh, yes, challenger. He yes, he does. And that's going to be an interesting race. Um, it will go into a primary as well. Um, other races, and we still haven't filled out everybody in them, are our, our state senate races and our state house races. And we'll, you know, we're going to have to talk more about that at a, on a future show because uh, we still don't have people filling all those slots or uh, running to give, uh, you know, challenges to de- Democrats in those races. And then we're going to have to do another show down the road just on judicial candidates. We have, I think, it's going to be about uh, thirteen. Uh, people running for various judicial candidate positions, which are the judges. And then we have uh, also very important people. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need Republicans in there. Um, You know, at the at the at the state level, Ron DeSantis, our governor in Florida, is doing a great job filling them with with um, conservatives, as is uh, the federal uh, positions, which there are a number of them in Florida that the president has been been filling very very quietly and very stealthily. Uh, I think he's up to about 400 federal judges, will, or will have 400 by t- election day. So these these are critical uh, when we try to get into you know decisions on what can happen with regard to uh, mail-in ballots, what can happen with regard to. Um, you know, abortion and what have you, and all these different cases that are are critical, principled, conservative kind of issues. And then we'll get into uh, local races, still not all fleshed out yet in our county um, um, commissioners' races. Uh, we have a number there. School board, uh, Hillsborough, I can give you a head, just a little heads up on school board. We potentially have an opportunity for the Republican Party to take over the school board uh, awesome. in Hillsborough County, which would be which would be really awesome. And then we have some other smaller races, soil and water, which really are um, they build for the future where candidates get their feet wet, younger candidates, and then they they prepare themselves for future uh, political uh, positions or political races. Um, the other thing I want to talk about, and you touched on it, is Voter fraud, mail-in ballots. The Democrats are just going crazy over mail-in ballots. And we've heard our President Donald Trump come out strongly multiple times in the last several weeks against it. Mail-in ballots lead to voter fraud. This is why the Democrats are pushing so hard for it. They want everybody to stay home. They don't want people to go to the polls in November. They want to do voter fraud. They want to do uh, mail-in ballots because it gives them the opportunity to do voter fraud. We saw this um, in other elections in 2018. Remember Broward County and Palm Beach County where uh, the supervisors of elections were involved in, in, in a lot of voter fraud. We've, we've had so many instances coming about nationwide. Every day you're hearing about it. Texas, California, Pennsylvania, um, they're finding voter fraud. Here, and, and the Democrats will say it really doesn't happen. Well, here's the key reason why it, you think it doesn't happen. And this goes back to states 
attorneys. Yeah. No one gets prosecuted. Nobody gets charged. Nobody gets punished for that because the state's attorneys are the ones who will uh, push, push cases forward on voter fraud. The Democrats will turn the blind eye to it. Um, voter fraud is going on all over the place. It's rampant. But until people get charged and prosecuted and sentenced, um, the Democrats get to say, well, there's no evidence of it because, well, we don't see anybody going to jail for it. They're just not getting, it's just not happening. They're just not getting charged. Uh, they're turning a blind eye to it. And this is why the attorney races are so this. important. Okay. So, uh, that's the key thing there on, on the politics in the area in Hillsborough County. And we will be continuing to keep everybody abreast of what's going on as we get more information in on those races. All right. Well, awesome news. And, you know, um, it's very important if you want to run for office, you know, contact Colonel Jim and the board and, and get with it because we really need to you know, have a chance. I think this is an opportunity to make some real changes. Democrats are showing who they are and we can we can make a difference in Hillsborough County. It's very, very blue. Let's chip away at that and get, get these races and conservatives though, not just Republicans. Uh, Republicans are important, but they need to be principled conservatives. A Republican with who's just a rhino is just a D with an R by their name. Anyways, thank you, Jim, for all that. And like I said, you know, we'll be, we'll be talking about that. We didn't get to the um, latest in the Flynn stuff, but that will be ongoing. And there's always, we need like three hours, right, Jim? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so anyways, well, we have we will get into that. And um, thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you to Chaplain Linda Pugsley. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Joe, the engineer. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Brooke Talks America. And thank you. Uh, happy birthday to his belated birthday to his mom. Um, you are listening to Brooke Talks America. I am your host, Brooke Says, with Colonel Jim on AM860, The Answer. Thank you for listening. And make sure you turn in, Nick. Tune in next week for the, the, the newest and the latest. You've been listening to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot, Brooke Says. Connect with Brooke Says by email, Brooke with an E, says one at gmail.com. And listen next Saturday night for more Brooke Talks America on AM 860, The Answer. We all-